Hello and welcome to this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty, a resource to equip and encourage leaders to make disciples who make disciple makers. I'm your host, Chris Swain, here with Robbie Gallaty, the pastor of Long Hollow Baptist Church, founder and president of Replicate Ministries. Today on the podcast, we have an incredible topic. I'm actually pretty interested in this. It is not off topic of discipleship because I believe everything we learn, we are teaching others. So in a form and uh, in function, I should say, it is discipleship. But this is going to be a little different in the sense that it's not about us walking others through growing spiritually. Um, However, I do think this could help you grow spiritually if you applied yourself to it. So without any further ado, the topic today the intriguing topic today is how I wrote a book in one month in my spare time. Now, let me just go ahead and throw out this caveat. This is Pastor Robbie saying this, not me, right? <laughs> you, you're the one who wrote a book in yes. one month in your spare time. Yeah. Spoiler yep. now, alert, it was not me. But you could have done it if you follow these simple, if you follow these simple uh, processes that I'm going to put in place. Well, one of the things that I have done is I have written a couple of books, and we worked on one that's coming out in June, co-wrote, so that was a new experience for me uh, with you, Um, but the books that I wrote, one took about three months, and it was a very simple process because it was kind of like letters, and then another took a year, maybe two years total. What? Two years total, Uh, and so I am highly interested in figuring out how you can do this in in just a month, and and one of the things we talked about in a previous podcast is how you've written 20-something books at this point, so not only have you done this one time, you've done this multiple times, so you actually have a process down, and so before we get started, we we were reminded by some faithful listeners, we were reminded that we missed one of our facts that we had our fact checker, Jonathan Simon, looking up. Yes. And, uh, and this was basically how many books guys read, is specifically men, uh, once they graduate from high school. And so, uh, Jonathan, we wanted you to give, give, us, give us the truth behind that question. What so, are the statistics telling us? I don't know about exactly men, but I do know um, here we have 80% of U.S. families did not buy or read a book last year. 42% of college graduates never read a book after college and nearly one third of high school graduates never read a book after the, or for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I cannot even imagine that uh, being a book lover. Uh, but wow, that is a, a sad statistic that just underscores the critical importance uh, that we talked about in our previous podcast on becoming a leader by continuing to learn and read and invest in yourself. Yeah. Um, but transitioning to this uh, topic today, how you re- how, where do we even get started in writing a book in one month in your spare time? Okay, so first of all, you got to go back and listen to the last podcast because that's going to teach you how to read. Because I right. think great writers are voracious readers. Okay, mm-hmm. and if you're not a uh, consistent reader, then it's going to yeah. be very hard for you to prolific. Be a- I like to use the term prolific reader. Prolific. You could do a prolific. If you're reading reader. two bucks a week. You're a prolific reader. Yeah. Regardless, you're reading. Okay. That's right. And so you got to have, let's think of it this way. You got to have a healthy input in order to have a consistent output with writing. Okay. And so if you hadn't listened to the podcast, go back and listen. But now I'm going to talk about, and I've never talked about this publicly. It's a long, this could probably take multiple podcasts, but I'm going to try to condense it into one because I have a suspicion. Some of you are saying, man, I always wanted to write a book. Mm. I've always wanted to produce a book. I even, 
uh, went to my wife, Candy, uh, a year and a half ago. And uh, I said, Candy, I think you ought to write a book. She said, I really feel yeah. like I may want to write a book. I said, I think you ought to write a book. There are no women's discipleship books out there mm. that are walking people through a step-by-step process for yeah. making disciples in the era of women. Now, there's a lot of Bible study books out there. There's a lot of fill-in-the-blank books out there. But there are, it's not a step-by-step process book. And so I actually helped her with some of the insights here. I was proud of her. She wrote the book. She wrote every word herself. By the way, just, just for the record, and I hate to have to say this, but I have actually written every book with my name on the cover. Hmm. Now, that's in, uh, <laughs> you said, yeah. And the, yes. and the reason I'm saying that is because I know many authors who have, have their names on the cover of a book. That have not written it. Yeah. So I it's funny. I didn't well, well, when I first got the long hollow, it's funny. Some lady came up to me and she said, wow, you wrote your names on a lot of the books out there uh, that I've seen uh, on the internet. How many have you written? I said, uh, I thought, I thought if your name goes on the cover, you're supposed to write the book, you know, and the reality is, and I don't want to get into this too much, but a lot of the authors or some of the authors we know, not a lot, but some of the authors we know don't actually write the books that their name are on the cover of. And that's a whole other podcast for another day. But all anyway, I will day. say I have written all the books. And if someone's on the cover with me, then they have right. actually helped, which was my life story uh, right. book. But anyway, okay. So how, did, how, how have I put together a process to produce books uh, up to this point every year? And here's the process, I would say. A couple things. Number one is this. You have to be a, a, a prolific reader, as you said. That's a good one. Right. Okay? Number two, you have to have accountability that's going to keep you consistent in writing. This is where most people fall off the wagon. And I'll show it to you. How This is how I learned this. When I went to seminary and I was getting my Ph.D., one of the things I realized is that there are two obstacles that students have to get over, two hurdles that most of the students fall away in these two hurdles, okay? The first hurdle is this. Most of the people that start the PhD program, only one-fourth of the people who start actually finish. Wow. Now, think about that number. That was a number from a couple of years ago. I don't know if it's probably accurate now but or not, but think of people we know who've started the doctoral work of a PhD program and have fallen off along the way, okay? One-fourth who actually pass the entrance exam and get in, finish. But here's the second hurdle. The second hurdle is, this is going to blow your mind, half of the people who finish all of their work, they finish all the classes they do all the reading colloquiums. They pass all the orals in the midterm. Half of the people who finish the PhD uh, classes actually get a diploma. Wow. They paid all the money. They sat in all the lectures, but only half. And here's the reason why. Because that, that really, like you, I'm thinking, okay, what's the reason for that? Here's the reason for that. When they're in class, they have accountability from the teacher and the students. They have set assignments that they have to turn in. They have class deadlines. They have seminars that are they have to show up for. When you finish your classwork, you're now on your own to write the dissertation. And most of the people say, well, you know what? I can put that off next week. Man, the, it's sunny outside. Mm-hmm. I can go outside and we can get to that next week. I can write next week. I can go to the library next month. I can turn this uh, first chapter in next year. And what happens is next week never comes. And so when they're setting the standard 
And when they're trying to hold themselves accountable, mm. they simply can't do it. it and, and it's not even, I mean, it's just human nature. How many of us have yeah. set goals to lose weight in January? And here we are, you know, in April going into May and uh, we, we have fallen off the wagon, us included, mm. some of us yeah. included, yeah. But, but that's just human nature. So that's a big one. We'll come back to two more, but that's a big one. No accountability or no, no set parameter or no set goals that you're going to hit. Mm. We'll talk about more right after this brief break. Replicate is a book that we're working on right now. Pastor Robbie and I co-wrote Replicate, How to Create a Culture of Disciple-Making Right Where You Are, using a lot of these processes we're talking about in this very podcast. It's a practical guide to creating and sustaining a culture of disciple-making in any church context. Over the last few decades, American churches have produced plenty of converts, but not as many mature believers. Studies show the majority of Christians don't even understand the basics of the faith but how do you tackle such a big problem? We do just that in our book, Replicate. You can check it out and find out more at replicatebook.com today. And we're back. We're talking about how to write a book, how you wrote a book, or many books, I should say, in one month in your spare time. And you talked about accountability and setting goals. And I think you are right. That's probably the number one detractor from people. Everyone will say, I've got a good idea for a book. I've got a uh, a great concept. I want to get started and maybe even write that first introduction paragraph, that first sentence, maybe even they write chapter one. Mm-hmm. But right around that point, and I know this from my own experience, I probably have 20 books that I've written chapter one for. <laughs> right? You're not the only one. I'm promise. not the only one. There's a there's a millions of people probably out there. Man, this can be a great idea. You get to chapter two and you just either stop or the momentum wanes or something discourages you or you don't have a structure in place to get it done and you kind of fall off the wagon. Yeah, so here's what you do. That's a great segue because here's what you do. The problem is you don't have an accountability system set up for yourself. So how do you create tension? How do you create urgency for yourself? You set up a blog. I know what you're thinking, a blog? What are are you talking about, a blog? Years ago, when I was writing Growing Up, the first book uh, that was, that really was a bigger book, I'd written two books before that with publishers. They didn't, nobody really knew about them. Still don't know about them. But back then, I wrote two books, got them published, nobody bought them. Then the third book, I decided I wanted to set a rhythm or a system to keep me accountable to write the chapter. So here's what I did. I started a blog. Now, this is 2000. 2011, 2012 at this point, okay? Nobody's reading this blog. Replicate is not even on the minds of many people at this point, but I'm starting to write a blog. And who am I writing the blog for? Selfishly, me. I'm writing the blog for me because I'm getting into a rhythm of discipline to produce content for a book. So what I did, and this is probably a little far-reaching for some, but what I did is I blogged three times a week. Wow. Probably a little crazy. Now, yeah. I actually produce five days a week of content, but the other two days were videos, which is a whole nother. And, and don't go YouTube the videos because yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get those videos <laughs> offline right now. But anyway, I got those videos up. But I blogged uh, three days a week, Chris. And what I did was I outlined the entire book uh, in a series of blogs. So that's the third. So the third point is start a blog. You can do this from WordPress. You can do this very easily. Now, the cool thing is if people read the blog, 
it's an added benefit. Okay. Here's another thing. Let me just back up. People said, how did you guys create a movement of discipleship? I get asked this all the time. What I saw is I did two things, and this is kind of a 30,000 foot view of writing. I, I did two things. I asked myself the question, what am I passionate about? Okay. Cause you gotta be passionate. Passion will keep you through uh, and, 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 and carry you through mm. laziness and uh, being tired and worn out. Ca- passion will carry you through. Right. But the second thing is, so what am I passionate about? And number two, what is a niche idea or a niche market in, the, in Christianity? I hate to say market, but a niche area where people are not writing about or talking about. Well, let's go back to 2012, 11. Nobody's talking about discipleship. Now, a few people were. But I decided I'm going to be a quote unquote, the expert in my mind on this topic. So what did I do? I read every book out there and I started to formulate a process where the niche was, how does it work in the local church? A lot of processes out there, no offense to them, are great insights on discipleship. But frankly, some of the guys writing aren't pastoring churches. No offense, but let's be honest. And I didn't want to learn from an ivory tower theologian. I didn't want to learn from someone who was separate apart from the church leading a nonprofit. I wanted to learn from a pastor who was pastoring. And so there were very few of them. Some were like uh, Jim Putman, who became a friend of mine. Uh, Bobby Harrington was at a church. And so I found a few guys that I connected with. But other than that, I said, here's what I'm passionate about, discipleship. Here's the niche, discipleship in a local church. And that became the training wheels for which I wrote about. And everything I wrote about was on that. Now, here's what happened. Because I was consistent in the messaging, people started to think, this guy knows what he's talking about. Mm. When in reality, back then, I was still learning. I didn't yeah. really, I really didn't know much about it, but I was learning, but I was consistently writing about it, right? So that's the third thing. Here's the fourth thing. The fourth thing is you have to put together an outline. Like you said, most people write one or two chapters because they don't have an outline for the book. So what you need to do is you need to get uh, with some note cards or you need to get uh, a spreadsheet or a whiteboard mm-hmm. and you need to outline the thing. I'm going to give you the software that I've written every book with. And Chris, you know about this. I've shared this with you when we co-wrote the book we just did. And this is the software that is solid gold. Jonathan, are you ready for this? Solid gold for writing a book. It's called Scrivener. That's right. Scrivener. Scrivener or Scrivener. You could say Scrivener. Scrivener is good, but I'm going to say Scrivener. Scrivener, okay. Scrivener. S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R. We'll put the notes in the, in the show notes. Scrivener. And this is actually a, a software, write, a, book, a book writing software right. where you can organize chapters. You can put the digital uh, cards out and move chapters around and insert things. And here's the best part about it. When you finish the book, Mm-hmm. You can actually produce, get this, a PDF, a Mobi file, or a Kindle file, or right. a Apple Books file immediately from the program. So you yeah. don't need to send it to a book sell. You can actually produce your own book. Mm-hmm. And through the years, through Replicate, I've actually produced books like that through Scrivener and through the, through the program. And it's available for Windows and Mac in case those uh, folks out there are wondering. 
Yeah, so that's what I would say. A couple things recap. Number one is you have to be a, a, a prolific reader. Number right. two, you've got to have a system of accountability. The reason you haven't finished the book, if you're listening, is because you haven't set attainable, scalable goals to to force you to continue to write and stick with it. The third thing is you have to uh, you have to set these goals by doing it on a blog. That's a big one. And then finally, you ought to get a program to help you outline the process. Yeah, and and a couple things I will add, having worked as a uh, Christian publisher for a few years and then also working on a few books myself and different resources and studies, it, one of them is if you have an idea and you're just thinking, man, this idea is so great, I need to write a book, that will get you through chapter one. <laughs> but as Pastor Robbie said, you have to have a passion for this subject or, or else you're not going to work through it because you're not passionate about it. Um, you're, you may be trying to create a product. Another another uh, in, piece of insight that I think is important is if you're looking to make money on a book, let That's me good. just tell you to stop now. Stop. <laughs> Even the best uh, of the best out there are, are really not doing good. In uh, Books are not a very profitable industry. And so unless you are one of the very, very rare few, less than 1% who hits yes. some amazing book and it just goes incredibly successful, and it changes your life. That may be you. I'm not telling you to give up on that dream. But for most people, uh, they think, man, if I write a book, it is a, it is a very uh, a low-end income earning. Th- unless you're writing books all the time, uh, you're not, it's just not going to be a financial boon. So always focus on something that, that uh, you're passionate about and something that moves you. I find that just as you said, writing a, po- a blog will help you get that content down. But you also find that whatever it is that you're sharing that people are really getting into. So if you see something with a lot of contents, I know a pretty famous um, author who's written dozens and dozens of books and is pretty successful at it. His modus operandi is the exact same thing you said. He wrote, podca- he wrote, he wrote blogs and then whatever blog got a lot of attention he focused in on that subject and he, and he wrote books about that subject. And so you may find that, Hey, you're writing on, and suddenly something you write clicks and a lot of people are commenting. A lot of people are sharing. That's the sweet spot of where you want to lean into and spend more time uh, around that subject. I would say, as we wrap up the podcast today, anything else to say on how you wrote in your spirit? Let, let's just focus just as a, a wrap up here. In your spare time, I don't know if you covered that much, but you're no, a full-time in a pastor. In a month. In a month, that's right. You're a full-time pastor. You're a full-time father and uh, husband, and uh, you've got a lot of things going on, speaking engagements, teaching, a, a ministry replicate that you are president of. How did you find the time in that month to write this book? Yeah, that's good. So I wrote one book in a month, um, and here's how I did it. Every time the kids, I'd put the kids to bed and uh, I would hang out, eat dinner with the kids, hang out with the family, put the kids to bed. And then from about eight o'clock, 8.15, my kids were younger, I would write to about 10 or 10.30 every night. So you have to train yourself to think. Watching another show on YouTube or watching a a series on Netflix, that has to be paused or put on hold while you kind of get into this militant discipline mindset. And that's how I did it. So, and what happened to me is I'm a three on the Enneagram chart. Uh, I'm, I got ADHD, so it's easy for me to get really like zoned in all into something. And it just became kind of uh, kind of an addiction in a sense to get it done. I just became so inundated with the book and thinking about it and always having ideas. And so that's how I did it. I wouldn't recommend yeah. that all the time, sure, but it can be done. 
it's finding that spare time for me it's early morning for you is in the evenings but knowing that hey there, here's some time i'm either going to be watching netflix or doing you know so and so may as well spend that time working on a book project so i think there's going to be a lot of people who are interested more about this we may need to start a, a group of some kind that may want to get some more info we'll talk more about that later but thanks for tuning in the podcast today take a moment text somebody let them know about this podcast if you enjoyed it and as always give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts thanks for joining us again today Thank you for joining us for this episode of Making Disciples with Robbie Gallaty. If you don't mind, take a moment to subscribe and share the podcast. You can find out more about disciple making, resources related to disciple making, and our customized training on our website at replicate.org.